Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Welcome to the Hidden Economics of Remarkable Women, a podcast from Foreign Policy. I'm Rena Ninen. Each season on this podcast, we dive deep to tell the stories of women from around the world who are breaking down barriers and challenging cultural norms to better themselves and their communities. Empowering women is often something that people like to talk about, but what about real action? This season, we're looking at promises made and to see if they've been delivered. For example, the government of Kenya pledged to end gender-based violence by 2026. Kenya commits itself to fully enforce gender-based violence laws and policies by adopting a gender-based violence indicator in the government performance contracting framework. And the Ministry of Health in Uganda is trying to eradicate yellow fever by 2026 as well. At least 13.4 million doses of vaccines are now available for 51 high-risk districts prioritized in the first phase. It's ambitious to make these kinds of pledges, but it's much harder to achieve these lofty goals. Are these leaders really delivering on these promises for women and girls? That's what this season is going to be all about. And we'll meet courageous women who are holding leaders accountable in healthcare, business, and government. So you might be surprised that we decided to kick off our season with a story about reality television. How long has your journey at leadership been? Because I know this is not your first shot at leadership. Uh, I, I would put it at about uh, close to 15 years. Whoa. What you're hearing is a clip from 2019, where Nerea Amundi Okech, a local leader in her early 40s, was auditioning for a new reality TV show in Kenya, but not just any reality program. I am ready to be the president of this country. Nerea is vying to be on Miss President, a new show produced and aired on KTN, one of Kenya's largest television stations that reaches millions of viewers each week. Over the course of 26 episodes, more than 1,000 female contestants compete to become Kenya's next head of state, so to speak. But while the stakes are lower than a real presidential campaign, the competition was fierce, especially for Nerea, who desperately wanted to prove herself and her country that she and other women could be real leaders in society. She explained in her audition, having a career was a dream that had for so long seemed unattainable. Two months after she graduated from high school, she became pregnant. And of course, my father was not amused. There is, there is no father who would be amused. Um, so I did the next thing that any teenager would do. I ran away from home, I loved. More kids followed. Sometimes I, I tear up when, when I, I'm in the community and I meet 19-year-old girls who got pregnant and never had a chance to go back to school. Because I had finished my high school, but I still, even with four children, um, was able to pick myself up and get to school um, and be an accountant and, and get a master's degree. So when, when I talk to the girls, uh, when I see a pregnant girl, then 
I, I pull them. I pull them and I tell them that you can be me. Beyond her professional achievements, Nirea was also a local politician. So what happens to Nirea after this audition? And what can we learn from Miss President? Can a show really create a bunch of new national female politicians, leaders that we can hold accountable? Reporting from Nairobi, Kenya, Eunice Mina takes it from here. The story of Miss President is quite unique. According to media experts, it's the only TV show that's training women to be presidential. And in Kenya, it attracted an impressive audience, around 3.5 million weekly viewers. But it isn't a big studio production. A non-profit called Media Focus in Africa actually made the show, with funding from the European Union and UN Women, among others. Originally, they were just trying to decrease violent extremism in Kenya. This plan ballooned into a bigger idea with a seemingly more audacious outcome. If women's leadership was key to dealing with these issues, why not push for women to get into higher roles of leadership? According to staff from Media Focus in Africa, they got the idea for Miss President from a show in the Palestinian territories called The President. It was a reality show in the early 2010s where young Palestinian leaders competed to be the next president. So they adopted this idea to focus on training women leaders to counter extremism and develop female leadership. Thus, the title, Miss President. Over 1,000 women applied to participate in the show's first season, which aired in 2019. Only 71 contestants were chosen to participate including Nerea Amondi Oketch. I am ready to be the president of this country. Okay. Yes. I spoke I with Nerea at a restaurant in Nairobi recently to hear what she got out of the show and why she chose to participate. Well, Miss President, for me, was an opportunity to represent my county. I was a nominated MCA back then. And my county, Homa Bay, was always in the news for negative things. When it comes to the ranking, we would always be counted from the bottom. Nerea was a nominated member of the county assembly of Homa Bay, which means her party nominated her to be in the assembly. Homa Bay is one of the 47 counties in Kenya, and it's located in Nyanza on the shores of Lake Victoria. The main economic activities there are agriculture and fishing. Homa Bay has also been among the counties with the highest rates of teenage pregnancies and HIV, according to a 2020 report by Kenya's National Crimes Research Center. Gender-based violence cases were above the national average. During her time at the county assembly, Nerea pushed for a number of gender equality policies including ways to reduce domestic violence. And she thought being on Miss President could help her achieve her goals even more. Using the title Miss President to attract talent and train women, quote-unquote, to be president and run the country. You know, but literally, it was an opportunity for women to showcase their skill set, to showcase how they perceive things, to showcase that their space is deserved. And I think for me that was the biggest um, attraction. So I decided to apply and you know, make sure that my county is on top of the country. Nerea then made it into the second round, 
with 40 or so other contestants. Each week, they were trained in different topics related to Kenyan politics, including national security, economic policy, and environmental issues, among others. I liked the fact that we had a mix of both theoretical training, the academic aspect of it, and field training, because more often than not, leaders tend to get disconnected from the electorate. Nerea generally performed well. She had a lot of confidence and a solid professional background. She says one of the episodes she appreciated the most was about the environment. I went to look at how sustainability um, approaches are working, how we are looking at recycling materials. I think for me that was one of the biggest lessons. Here is Nerea in that episode giving a speech in front of the judges about how she will make Kenya more sustainable. Um, as president, in the next five years, I want to impact every household by reducing air pollution by up to 20%. She then suggests a bunch of things to accomplish this, including jobs, recycling, capacity building, and waste management. Nerea was not up for elimination a lot, but she was in this episode. And here, you can hear where the show provides some of its most important training the judges' feedback. We are getting like, yes, Nerea knows what she wants, she knows what she wants to do, but which one does she want the most? And that is what is lacking. So we want to believe that if we give you another chance, you are able to learn how to focus, and every time you have an agenda to push, pick one and push it to the core. For that reason, we'll give you another chance in the academy. Nerea's confidence and way of handling the competition's pressure kept her going weak after week, despite the challenges. During the whole Miss President competition, Nerea was pregnant. She was expecting her fifth child. So how did she keep it together? I knew the only thing I was very sure of is there are women who are watching me who also look at pregnancy as some kind of a barrier to success. And I had to show them that you can succeed despite pregnancy, despite you know, disability, despite you know, poverty and all, all these dynamics that hamper women's progress. She shares one of her fondest memories as a contestant. My favorite happened to be when we went to Naivasha. We went to speak to the flower farm workers. And you typically know that women make up a huge population of flower farm workers. So we are talking about rights for their women when they're pregnant. We are talking about issues of uh, sexual harassment and exploitation at the workplace. We are talking about equal pay for equal work. So we held this whole community dialogue forum. By this point, her baby was due any day. I think the crowning moment for me was that we went out of the town hall venue and did an actual rally where I'd had uh, a cesarean section surgery like within two weeks and I was up there, you know, dancing because as a politician who's looking for votes, then you have to, you know, connect to the audience and music is a great way to connect. Of course, everybody was panicking, thinking, oh my God, she's going to collapse the next minute. <laughs> yeah. But I think the energy of it all got me through, so that was my best. 20 episodes in and about to give birth, 
Mireya is still on the Miss President show. Does she make it to the final five contestants? Find out after the break. Let's face it, money is the one subject we all need to deal with, but no one actually wants to talk about. The good news is there's a podcast helping you learn everything about money no one taught you. Meet Everyone's Talking Money, hosted by me, Shauna Game. Everyone's Talking Money focuses on relevant, inclusive, and forward-thinking conversations around money and just helps you get in a better relationship with your money no matter what your goals are. Do yourself a favor and subscribe to Everyone's Talking Money podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to The Hidden Economics of Remarkable Women, a production of Foreign Policy. I'm Rena Nainen. Before the break, we heard about how Nirea Amundi Okech was doing a new reality television show in Kenya called Miss President. The goal was to show the public how a woman could someday become the president of Kenya and develop these contestant skills to get there. Nirea had some setbacks, but was mostly doing well, despite being very pregnant. She actually made it to the final five contestants. Reporter Eunice Mina shares the rest of Nurea's story. At this point, their challenges became more presidential. They campaigned. They also visited Kenya's actual president at the time, Uhuru Kenyatta. If we positively engage our women by creating opportunities and giving them chances, right, what we're actually doing is not actually just empowering a woman you are actually empowering the nation. And their last challenge, a presidential debate. I have been able to go out and demonstrate that this is Nerea, I am here, this is what I can do. It was a stressful moment for Nerea, but she made sure she was well prepared. I think building up to the announcement, I was in panic mode. But one thing that I did that was good, I mean, and this goes for every woman, mm -hmm. if you need to build your confidence, you make sure that you're looking great. So first of all, I made sure that I was smart. Yeah, so I had a really nicely designed gown. She then focused on the bigger picture. When I sat there with the other four women in the hour leading to the announcement, it wasn't about Nerea anymore. My emotions changed from panicking to wanting it so badly but my emotions changed to what we have been able to showcase, you know, as Kenyan women. I embraced those women with full knowledge that any one of us who made it on that stage that day is good enough. Viewers called in and voted for the woman they wanted to be Miss President. Nerea and the four other finalists are holding hands as they wait for the results. The announcer faces the audience. Are you ready to know who Miss President is? Well, the public has voted, and the contestant with the highest number of votes is Nerea. Nerea won. She asks to hold her newborn, who is off stage. With a huge smile and tears in her eyes, she addresses the audience. I dedicate this to Kenyan voices. Every one of you who has watched me through the show, I am proud to stand here as a leader. After the Miss President show was over, 
Nerea went back to Homer Bay and continued advocating for the rights of women, girls, and children. I think one of my best moments was the child welfare and protection um, policy. The law in her county protects children up to 18 years from all types of abuse and provides strategies for dealing with instances of abuse. And I'm glad that Homer Bay County, whose governor is a woman, Honorable Gladys Wanga, is doing great and she has revived that policy and I've seen them doing public participation for the policy and I think they're, they're now validating it. I'm happy that their agenda did not die even though my term ended. After winning Miss President, Nerea was determined to seek higher office in real life. While award representative at the time, she campaigned to win a seat in the national government. Unfortunately, she did not manage to win her 2022 election. But all was not lost. Earlier this year, the county government of Homer Bay launched a policy framework meant to address issues related to gender-based violence, another issue she advocated for. So, how did the show compare to being a real politician? And what did the show not teach Nerea about running for office? I think one of the biggest challenges that I now take very seriously is that women barely have the resources to compete at that fair level because Miss President was talking about, you know, you can't be elected because of how good you were. But at the end of the exercise, it wasn't about that. It was about how do you mobilize resources to make sure that you win. And it's everything to do with assets which are in a financial form. So I think when organizations come to train women, especially in Africa, for leadership and uh, seeking uh, political office, I think the structure needs to change. She says sometimes candidates mobilize voters using money or other goods, in other words, with bribes. While technically illegal, unfortunately, this is a common practice in Kenya. And it puts women who already have fewer resources at an even greater disadvantage. So she thinks the show could have emphasized fundraising more than it did. But overall, Nerea very much believes in the mission of Miss President. While most reality TV shows lack substance, this one not only brought real issues to the attention of millions of Kenyans, it also provided visibility to Kenya's need for more female leadership. Though Nerea did not win her higher office, it turns out that two of her fellow contestants did. The two are current members of parliament, and she couldn't have been happier for them. Every one of those women is so good. So for me, it was about all of us. While one reality TV show can't necessarily change stereotypes about women in leadership, it can certainly help. As the winner of season one, I have had so much opportunity, so much visibility, that if another woman gets an opportunity that is equivalent or greater, I will celebrate them. I can create opportunities for women and they will thrive. I will be in the back seat. So for me, it's, it's all about me winning. And I think that is what I learned. If you want the women movement to thrive, it shouldn't be about one woman winning all the time. One woman being elected 
every election cycle one woman getting nominated it's about how do you make sure that all women are moving together for the hidden economics of remarkable women amunis minor Miss President had a second season in 2022, the same year as Kenya's national election. Media Focus in Africa and UN Women are continuing to work with women for the show. Media Focus in Africa hopes to secure funding for a third season. While the show can't obviously take full credit for this, the number of women in Kenya national government positions did improve in the 2022 elections. Overall, the percentage increased from about 9% in 2017 to more than 10.5% in 2022, a small yet significant jump. So the fact that the show reached millions of viewers and a handful of contestants actually went on to win national elections demonstrates how powerful mass media can be in changing gender stereotypes about women in leadership. But getting more women in office will take many different approaches. I'm reminded of a conversation I had with Berkeley professor Amanda Clayton last season about gender quotas. On the one hand, they can be really effective at increasing the number of women in government. I think quotas are certainly a way to do it and to do it quickly. So countries like Namibia, South Africa, they went from less than 20% women in office to 40 or parity within a couple of years. So quotas are a way to fast track women's representation. And sometimes they work really well. I am definitely a proponent of quotas in cases where you can bring women in as candidates, and especially when they're paired with strong women's movements and a lot of government attention to why these quotas are necessary in the first place. In Uganda, for example, it's been very successful at changing the policy landscape for women and girls. So in Uganda, they adopted a quota back in 1989, and it has ushered in a sea change, a huge number of women in politics, over what we often think of the critical threshold of 30%. And the women there are quite remarkable, and they'll often hold the government to account for issues that are really important to them, particularly issues around women's rights. And just to give you an example of this, several years ago, it came to the attention of women in the Ugandan parliament uh, that not enough money was being spent on maternal health. And in fact, there was a woman, a parliamentary staffer who died in childbirth, and this was really a rallying cry to women in the Ugandan parliament that more money, more government funds needed to be dedicated to maternal health. And they actually shut the government down. They refused to legislate. They refused to show up to their jobs until the president, Museveni, dedicated or promised that he would put more money into maternal health care. So this is an example of women coming together and using their power to bring attention to an issue that it would be hard to imagine would get a lot of attention if women weren't there. Powerful, right? But unfortunately, the solution is not as simple as just having a gender quota especially if it's imposed from up on top, like in Lesotho. They passed a one-third gender quota law in 2005, but it was so unpopular that it was later overturned in 2011. I think what we really learned from the Lesotho case is that you can't just have a government come in and tell people, 
from one day to the next, now we have a very restrictive quota policy. I think you really need to have a lot of buy-in from local groups, from local movements, often women's movements. And I think that really helps give the quota a lot of legitimacy. Basically, there needs to be a lot of effort to engage the public to support women leaders. Clayton also values investing in women's leadership from the ground up. One way to try to do it is to also try to think about ways to increase the number of women candidates. So as we can see, there's no silver bullet to getting more women in office. But programs like Ms. President that train female candidates and influence the public to support more women in leadership do make an impact. They're effective tools. And this actually brings us to next week's episode. In Nigeria, the share of women in government is among the lowest in the world. A number of public initiatives try to change this, including promises from political parties themselves. But they failed. Why? Most women are not participating because they are afraid of being molested by our male counterparts, being stigmatized. The story of Nigeria's efforts to get more women on the ballot and the ongoing battle to break through gender barriers. That's next week. And that does it for today's show. The Hidden Economics of Remarkable Women is a production of Foreign Policy and is made possible through funding from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. The Hidden Economics of Remarkable Women is hosted by me, Rena Nainan. Laura Rosbrow-Tellum is our senior producer. Rob Sachs, our managing director. Avon Munoz provided production assistance. And Eunice Mina contributed reporting for this episode. We'd love to hear your thoughts about the show. So if you fill out our listener survey in the show notes of this episode, you can put your name in the drawing for a $100 gift card. Thanks so much for your feedback. Thank you. And we'll be back in your feed next week. <laughs>